This is Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith. And I just wonder what we're going to talk about this week. Before we get into all the shenanigans that have been going on off the field, as per, we'll start off with the interview. And the guest this week is Kurt Haggerty. I thought it'd be a good time to interview him. You know, his first head coach role, pretty much, um, you know, the season's nearly over. How is it gone? How has he found it? What does he want to do going forward, etc, etc, etc. This interview, by the way, was done before um, Derek Bowman's um, programme notes came to light that he thought that uh, the players were shocking and, well, stronger words than that, I suppose. To to be honest, in the interview with Kurt Haggerty, I I was saying how, how the Blue players haven't given up this year and they've kept going well. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. But here it is anyway. It's not really been a good year for Lee results-wise, but, you know, throughout all that, you've you've sort of stayed positive and, you know, like, I've seen you in your, your post-match interviews, you know, always keeping, you know, positive and stuff. How have you managed to do that and sort of not get, you know, bogged down with the results and whatnot? Yeah, I think it's difficult. I think if you if you show to your players and you know, and even to your fans that you're giving up as a coach as well, then where do you go from there? So I always try and get the positives out. We know that we're behind the eight ball as a squad. The time that we have to prep for Super League, so just by controlling what I can control and fixing up things that we know that'll make us better for the following week, that's all we focus on. There's enough negativity around the game at the moment, so I think. Yeah, and you know, throughout the season, the team on the pitch as well. You know, even though you're losing pretty much every week, you know they're still putting in the effort. How have you managed, like, to keep those players motivated? Well, it's probably been the, the most difficult challenge because we, we've got a small squad. You know, you, you get injuries, you play people off position constantly. You can never pick the same seventeen week in week out. So just, just looking after them in training, but still making sure I'm getting the best out of them and, and the staff pushing the players too. So just basically just keeping our standards high and keeping professional. Yeah. And we've probably had the decision now, you are relegated, but do you think it's been unfair on you, you know, this year? Because to me, you seem to have had every obstacle, you know, thrown at you ever since you you were decided that it were you who were going up. Yeah, I think it's a tough one. They, they dangled the carrot. We snatched the carrot as a club and did everything we can to, to get into Super League, especially Derek Beaumont and his team worked tirelessly to get the club into Super League, but not to give us a fair chance of staying in there and building again in another 12 months. I think it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, but all that considered, you know, on several occasions, you know, uh, in, in matches, you've come you know, less than two tries of winning quite a few games, you know. I think about Catalan Dragons, Wigan Warriors, St. Helens, you know, these are the top sides and you've you've come close, so it's like a you know you know, you could have actually stayed up, couldn't you? Oh consistency is the key, we just haven't been consistent enough. You know, we we've been competitive but ultimately we we've just fell short and, and that's been the story of the season for us but I certainly can only commend the players who did not want given up. Yeah, and obviously, um, since taking over, you've you've kept up like this the free flowing style of play. Um, was it was that important to like stick to that? Well, yeah, that's just my philosophy as a coach. That, that's how I like to play rugby. I like to take the shackles off a little bit. I'm not a big believer in the rigid structure within the game. I think it's slowly falling away. I think we'll speak a new style of rugby league in the next three to five years in my opinion and you know the ball playing with forwards are coming back and they're running down the arse and that more entertaining style of offloading and so yeah that's just my style of philosophy that I believe in that that I want to cause so, and I like to think the way we have played and the way we have played has really shown that this year we've played some really good rugby some entertaining rugby to watch yeah and were you never motivated to, you know, like, okay, now we've got to try and stay up, let's be more conservative, let's try to be more solid defensively and maybe win games that way? Was that never in your thinking? Well, yeah, I've always tried to be 
consistent defensively, but we, we, we just haven't been, you know, even though we're a team that likes to move the ball, our completions are not the issue. Yeah. It's, um, it's just more on a defensive side, but yeah, ultimately that's been the story of the season for us. I've just not had enough time, you know, to fix everything up. I've missed a full pre-season and, you know, I was, I was always on catch-up. Yeah. Um, we're nearing the end of the season now, not many games to go. Are you expecting to stay on uh, next year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There won't be a final decision made in around the Huddersfield game or after the Huddersfield game. By the way, I've loved the experience. I've learned a lot. and I'm sure it'll stand me in a good step for whatever's next for me. Yeah. Would you, if, if you was, if Derek said, yeah, you know, you should take it, would you? Yeah, I consider it, yeah. You know, to get a job in rugby league is difficult enough as it is at the moment. So, yeah, I'd have a look at all options that I've got, got coming my way. So... It's just ultimately just making the right decision for me. Yeah. And would you be happy going back as an assistant or do you really want head coach roles now? I think it depends on the situation. You know, obviously you want to stay full-time, you want to be in Super League, but I'd have to cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah. So, um, you've, you said you've learnt a lot in this role. Um, what can you take forward, you know, going into your next steps or whatever? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would probably say just a deal into day-to-day with, with your players, with your staff, trying to get the best out of everybody. And, you know, you, you can talk about having your own philosophy, but it's the day-to-day dealing of actually managing more than coaching, which is, is the biggest challenge that, that, that you find. So just the, just the managing side is what I took a lot from and learned a lot from. Yeah. And, you know, you gave up playing at 27 I think it was so you know you've gave up quite a few years of extra quite a few extra years of playing you know to go down the coaching route so you know you must have high ambitions as a coach then yeah yeah I do yes I, you know that's, that's where I see my career you know I'm, I'm 33 in January I've worked with you know the the most successful Super League coach in history, of course, alongside with, with, with Brian Noble and some very good championship coaches too. You know, I've I've coached Super League now at a very young age. And it's just a whole brilliant experience for me, very young. So it can only help me for when for, for what comes next in my journey. Yeah, and um, when you decided to give up playing, was that a hard decision? Like, did you miss playing? Oh God, no! I don't miss playing. <laughs> oh, I probably should, I'm sure we should have retired five years earlier. But no, I'd, I'd actually just signed a new two-year contract at Bradford Bulls. Yeah. And then I'd spoke to Toronto Wolfpack, who, who was coached by Paul Rawley, who, who knew me well and knew I already coached at amateur. So yeah. I just wanted to give me that opportunity, knowing that I wanted to coach professionally, and I sat on it for a few weeks. But ultimately, I seen more of a career in coaching than playing, so there's more longevity for me in that. I'd like to think. Yeah. Do you think you were more um, sort of, you know, mentally and thinking about the game rather than actually doing it? You know, better ideas than what you actually can do yourself. Yeah, that's very true. I'm yeah. a very average player who thought a lot faster than everybody else. Would yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in terms of like uh, in games, uh, so it's, it's always I've wondered this quite a few times. You know. When you, you've come close in games quite a few times this year, you know, you've come close against Catalan Dragons, perhaps, you know, a few decisions one way or the other, you might have actually won the game. In terms of them games that are so close, like, in terms of, um, you know, the mental side, to come back from that and you've lost, and the dressing room after the game where everyone's so low, is that harder to sort of rectify than again, that you probably weren't actually in at all? Well, again, it's just picking the positives out of the game. And, you know, when you're the bottom end of the league, you never really get them 50-50 decisions, which we've all seen. But ultimately, people said we'd not win one game. So for us, I think one beat soft and win that game comfortably. It was a massive achievement for us as a group. Yeah. So so in that regard, we're always fighting and we're always picking the positives out of every every performance. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of your coaching style as well, um, you know, we, some coaches are, uh, you know, after after a big loss or something, you know, they did, did you know, go mental or whatever. Uh, are you one of those type of coaches that will, you know, go mad, or are you sort of, you know, encouraging players to do better 
in you know that way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a screamer in a shelter. I yeah. like to think I'm a little bit more controlled than that. I'd like to think that you know, if we've not been good enough, the players will certainly know that we haven't been good enough. But yeah, I'd certainly look more on the side of encouragement than shooting somebody down, especially for trying something that that they believe could impact us winning the game. You'd never want to coach out to these players that ability to go on and go and win a game, which which is massively important. Yeah. Have, have you ever played under a coach who would, you know, shout and scream? Many. Many yeah. <laughs> so, um, in terms of that, do you think it worked or what? Oh, there's no longevity in it, I would say. If you use it more than three or four times a season, it certainly loses longevity yeah. and its purpose. Do you think that's happened when you've been playing? What do you mean? You know, so you said you've played under shouters and screamers. Say, you know, have they used it too much and sort of, you know, it's not really, it's sort of, you know, messed everything up? Oh, okay. Every coach is individual. If that's the way they think that you get a reaction from the team, yeah. and that's it's very much each their own as a coach and what they think works. Yeah. You know, you're a coach now, but obviously you've got, you'll have assistants and, you know, other coaches. Is it important to have a sort of like a diverse way? So maybe one is like the uh, screamer or whatever, but you're like the the one who encourages. Is it important to have like a, a differing sort of views? Yeah, of course, yeah. You, you, have, you have an offence coach, you have a defensive coach, everybody has their own ideas, their own style, the way things work. But ultimately, you're the one liable for as a head coach, so everything goes through you. But yeah, you certainly value your opinion of your coaches and what they think. Yeah, and you know, a couple of games left now. Um, you know, what, what are you looking for? Some wins, or you know, are you just going out up at it? No, no, yeah, we're always looking to win. The yeah. last two games, we're the weekend, we're a bit busted in numbers. We're scratchy for seventeen, but the boys that I send out there, we're certainly going to win. We won't be going just to just to compete. We'll go out there to win, and whatever comes off the back of that, then as long as we can come up and say we've done our best, and I'm okay with it. Kurt Agassi there. Now, we might as well get stuck into those programme notes. Um, if you ain't seen them, uh, you'll probably find it on Twitter. Just search for Derek Borman. Um, he never seems to... Um, he always seems to find a way of uh, digging himself a hole, I suppose. Um, he's a character, I'll give him that. Uh, yeah. Just so this is what he, I won't read the whole thing. I'll, I'll be going on all day. In short, he criticizes Toulouse, um, saying they shouldn't be um, shouldn't be going up because they've not played as many games as everybody else. He criticizes other teams who have not travelled to Catalan Dragons, took twenty four nil losses, and he says, you know, it's unfair that Lee are going down. He, he mentions shenanigans concerning private equity. Uh, that's all we'll say on that. Um, read it for yourself if you want to see that. But also, uh, the second part of it is solely aimed at criticising his players, to be honest. And he says, uh, this is after Magic Weekend, where he raised uh, 30 grand for cancer research. Uh, he says... This is a quote. I was disgusted, appalled and insulted by the way the group gave in and got rolled 34-0 in the second half by a team that were far from at its best. It was a complete collapse, a surrender of belief, desire and will to give pride to the situation and I felt hurt by it and I still do. I care not for the response of the group as I don't see how anything I can say will make them care. When they don't care for each other... All this club. As a collective group, they chose to be identified as when putting a gun to my head. How many of them sponsored our challenge? How many of them promoted or shared our challenge? How many of them wished us well ahead of the challenge? How many of them congratulated us for completing the challenge? The answers of which I am aware tell me everything I need to know. Uh, it goes on. I therefore have no problem with showing this current group no support as the group they decided to become. Individually, 
is a different story, but that's not for now. As that's known and people can take their own accountability. Do I care what response I get as a result of them reading this? Not at all. As they can decide what history they want to be part of and how they represent themselves. I will always support a team that dons the Centurion's badge and I will support them today. Hopefully they will play with personal pride as clearly there's nothing else left to play for. And then he goes on to thank the supporters. Uh, yeah. And, and guess what? They got the win. <laughs> um, clearly, uh, the, the lead team must have been riled reading that. You know, <laughs> what what a way to motivate the team, I suppose. Well, it, it kind of did motivate them. Uh, they won. Probably as a FU as well. Probably as a two fingers up. Um... As Kurt Agassi said when I mentioned shouts and screamers um, in the interview, you know, you can't, you can use the going ballistic thing. You can use it sparingly. And if you do it more, then that's when you'll get um, people just saying, you know, stuff this. Perhaps they should, that should have been kept behind closed doors, but we all know Derek Portman. He has his faults, clearly. I suppose, you know, I don't accept what he's saying, clearly, because I thought they did give effort. I thought they've not been good enough. You know, I mentioned that they, they've they gone close against Catalan Saints, Wigan, and you could say, OK, well, if they do that, well, why can't they win wherever? But every game's different. Um, it's all right doing it at first periods of the game, but... You know, teams are fitter than Lee. Remember, Lee hadn't played for two years or whatever, pretty much. And, you know, they put in Super League at a late stage and less money and all that, whatever. You know, what 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 do they expect? We're not going to see Lee tearing the whole world apart, are we? And to be honest, to get two wins, it's an achievement, I suppose. You know, Toronto came in last year. Well, yeah, last year. Seems a long time ago, that. Um, yeah, Toronto came in and they were just as bad and they had, you know, they had it all set up for them, sort of, you know, barring the central distribution thing. And and they didn't, they didn't pull up any trees, so why would Lee be any different? And perhaps... The best thing to do was not get promoted. I've said this quite a few times, but that was the decision they took. Could could you really refuse getting into Super League? Well, they couldn't. But yeah, um, I think it's unfair to be honest. Per- perhaps some people have given up, but I think I think if you look at m- most of the games, they haven't. They, they fell away in second half performances but I think that's more down to skills, fitness, whatnot, the, the way the season is laid out this year but everyone's talking about Derek Bowman and every time he opens his mouth he, he makes the headlines um, to be honest I do like him actually You know, I think he's a character and he's a personality which this game is severely lacking so, from that point of view, you know, I, whenever he speaks, I, I make sure I've heard it because, you know, it's going to be blockbuster. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's that's my opinion on it anyway. Um, and he's got some good ideas uh, regarding the game, you know, in my opinion. Well, it's only going to be my opinion. Who else is, is it going to be, you know... There is, he's right that there's a lot of self-interest and, you know, I'm, I agree with him that Lee shouldn't be relegated, but not at the expense of anybody else. I don't agree with what he says about Toulouse because that's not their fault at all. And if you're going to have, you know, if you're going to have someone being promoted, you can't not have them, you know, 
regardless of whether they've played whatever and whether they're fitter than everybody else. He, you know, they were ripping it up at the start of the season when none of these cancellations and whatnot were going on. So, you know, they are the best team and we'll we'll see it in the playoffs. You know, this talk of uh, legal action, well, he, he said that on um, BBC Radio Manchester just um, on Sunday. He's going to take legal action. If if they get relegated and uh, to lose go up, but will that go anywhere? Probably not. But yeah, he's right about wanting the game to change, and it's got to change. And it, at least I suppose he's come up with some ideas, because um, Ken Davy, the Huddersfield chairman, interim Super League chairman, Ken David and come up with anything, pretty much. I've not heard him mention anything, so you know, he he puts his money where his mouth is, I suppose. Uh, yeah, but that's that's Phil, that's Lee. And now let's talk about the RFL because missing in action, uh, Ralph Rimmer, who ain't been seen for three months while the game has been in turmoil, and it has been in turmoil. And I'm not. I'm not bothered to say that because that's what it is. You know, people seem afraid to scrutinise for whatever reason, whether they're protecting their own interests or whatever. It seems that there's been crisis after crisis after crisis in these last few months. And the CEO has been anonymous, which is a disgrace. He says getting on with the job. Well, I'm afraid um, part of his job is to to sort of tell people what's going on, especially when there's questions to be asked. Um, And yet quite a few people in the media, um, you'll probably know who I'm on about, don't seem to want to wear the fact that bad things are going on and sort of brush it under the carpet. It seems... And, you know, maybe the good friends with Ralph Rimmer, I I don't know. Um, But if you care about the sport, whether you want to grow the game or not, or whether you want to attract fans or not, that ain't going to happen if if you're just ignoring all these constant issues that are coming up. The academies, okay, he he did come on Sky to defend that, but that was a car crash interview. We all know why he doesn't appear on... With the media, it's because every time he goes on it, he makes a frigging mess of it. That's why he's never seen, because everybody knows he puts his foot in it every time, and he sort of has again, really. Yeah, so he all the all the academy stuff, you know, absolute joke. We had Chris Deering on from Hull Dockers uh, on the show quite a while back when all that kicked off and, you know, he said he's got to go. He's got to go. Not just the academies as well. Um, Has there been a clear strategy? Has there been any consultation? There were none of that. Uh, When they said they consulted, (laughs) they they, they didn't. That's that's what Chris Deering said. Um, The fact that they were going to charge people 25 quid or whatever it was, I think they've sort of push back on that it's remaining in some way I think it's if you're a volunteer you don't have to do it whatever you know another issue then we go on to um, the pitch at Odso where the RFL are pretty much ignoring their own rules you know clubs like Sheffield Eagles and whatnot have been fined in the past um, for not for not abiding by these rules and they can't even abide by their own rules well I'm afraid if you can't even apply the rules for yourself you've got issues you know I think the only reason that that odd soul's back in play is because they've got that frigging rally track around around the stadium, around the pitch which has meant that this pitch has been you know, massively um, reduced in size to, uh, to to which point the corner flag 
is pretty much on the edge of the grass. So, you know, if you're diving in like Tommy Makinson or whatever, you might get a face of mud as well. Um, which, you know, all this play welfare stuff, don't give a monkeys, clearly. And, okay, the pitch has been increased in size. Why did that take so long? You know, and I think, um, so at the odd sort of pitch, you know, they've they've extended the size. Uh, but And they've had these, like, dark green mats either side of the pitch covering a bit of the bit of the mold or whatever you know as if that's like as if that's some sort of oh yeah we'll just stick a few mats on it'll be fine you know <laughs> and there's more there's more issues that you can carry on mentioning and yet he hasn't faced up to any of it ottawa as well he didn't in that interview. He didn't even say whether they're going to be in um, in League One next year. Who knows? Who if if you're asking me, are they going to feature in League One? No, no way. Because uh, unless they were off the rockers, have they not seen what happened with Toronto? Uh, also, how the hell can you finance a team in North America if that's ever going to get off? off the ground you know there's all sorts of shenanigans already in north america and they've not even started you know all this fight infighting again you know of course it's rugby why why wouldn't there be um you know when we stop talking about these things for most of the episodes some it'll be going right because we'll be talking about the games and there've been there's been a full round of fixtures. There's not been any cancellations. Uh, yet we won't be talking about them t- till the end. And you know that that's where we are at this with this sport. And some people may say they're more interested in politics or whatever, but I'm afraid if you don't get your house in order, then you're not going to have anything left. Have we learnt nothing from what we've seen with Sky? Uh, where they've severely reduced um, the the monies. What a great what a great plan that uh, breakaway super league was. What a fantastic idea that was. You know these super league German who are only interested in themselves breakaway get that frigging Elston in. What did he actually do? Well, he didn't negotiate nothing. In fact. Well, he left before this, but, you know, it was him who, his tenure will be responsible for the, the, the reduction in the in the Sky deal. So, he's done the exact opposite of what was supposed to do. So, and then now the Super League come crawling back, like, you know, sort of tails between the legs. But that's by the by. Um, yeah, if you don't, if you don't bloody attack these issues and ask what's going on, they'll carry on and you'll descend into further chaos. I don't understand it. Whether it's... It it might not be good for the sport to be mourning that there's things going on, but, but it's not going to be good for the sport when, you know, these things are allowed to fester and things get worse, uh, money's reduced further, clubs go to the wall... The fact that clubs like Coventry are in um, financial issues now, despite being sustainable, um, you know, if 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 they can't you know, if they can't find the money to sustain them, then you might as well not bother, because they barely get anything anyway. We're told that the central distributions are going down about seventy odd percent. The fact is, it's peanuts. Uh, to these clubs at the top, some of which are not performing to the standards, not bringing in crowds, not actually growing anything in supposedly heartland places, and yet it's it's sort of loose change, to be honest, even when there's not that much money in the sport. But let's just get on to some of the stuff he said, because some of it's just like, what are you going on about? Um... So, 
there was a question asked, um, I think it was about the 100 or whatever. Now, let's just, let's just, um, because he contradicts himself, let's just read this bit out. I think the product is great, and I could talk to you at length about the success or not of some of those competitions. The 100 is a great example of somebody doing something bold, significant, and backed by a broadcaster on the back of some underpinning investment as well. That's a really good example of something that may be possible. So we're already talking about uh, outside investment here. Um, and he keeps going on about this strategic partner, which we're led to believe is private equity. Um, what will that mean? Well, we don't know until a deal is signed. Um, we saw what what happened with the other private equity uh, proposal. Um uh, anyway, um, he says, do I think anything is massively wrong with Rugby League as a product? No. We've got plenty of ideas myself, but we'll keep those on the shelf. Let's see what comes to us first, and we'll mould the direction after that. So here, he's saying, yeah, I've got loads of ideas, yeah. Uh, yeah, the 100 is, is a great product, and has done really good. But let, let's not set the ball rolling ourselves. Let's see what who comes to us. No, that's not how it works. You come to them with your ideas. You say this is what we've got and this is what we can do. Not, oh, let's just wait and see if, if somebody who's got good ideas, do they want to please come and help us, please? Come on, we've got this really good product here, but... We need we need some help. Can you come and help us, please? It's all a bit like that. And I'm afraid, I don't wish to be uh, disparaging towards Ralph Rimmer, but isn't he a bit of a wet lettuce? You know, does he command authority, Ralph Rimmer? Come on. Is he suited to a CEO role? In my opinion, he's not. But yeah, that was just one thing. And then, then he goes on... Um, Oh yeah, how how's promotion and relegation going to work in 2022? Now bearing in mind, we're, we're in September, mid-September, we're nearly in October. I've heard Mark Aston, his pre-season start, he's, he's starting back again in November. Um, the season usually starts around end of January time. So a couple, just a couple of months. Um... So what what's going to happen for 2022? How is it going to work? How's promotion and relegation going to work? Is it going to be two up, two down, three down, one go up? What is it? Oh, we're way off that. This is what he's saying. We're way off that. Let's not jump guns. Let's not set hers running. We'll produce a strategic partner. They will take us to a good place of what 22 and 23 will look like. That will bring some investment in 2023. We'll have a fantastic story to tell. We've got a World Cup to deliver in 2022 now. And though clear that wasn't the perhaps the intention, I think it will work as part of this story. Speaking to investors and other potential partners, they believe that narrative, that sequential moment movement to 2023 works really well with the World Cup in the middle. Australia, whatever is going on, God knows what is going on there, just more waffle to be honest. But yeah, oh yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, what's happening tomorrow, you know? Come on. The season's over, effectively. And he's saying let's not get carried away with what's going to happen next year. Which is not next year, it's in about a few months. We spoke with um, Steve Neal last week. Why, why the hell are the RFL and whatnot? Why do we not have this sorted already? And, he, you know, he says he wants his plan in place for the next two or three years. So he can do budgeting or whatever. Well, we can't even plan for what's happening tomorrow. Or a couple of months down the line, whatever. It's just madness. It really is. Um, and, and then he says, let's not get carried away. And then in the next answer he gives, he bloody says we've got to get going. Which one is it, Ralph? Here's a bit more from it. You can read the whole thing, although he says a lot without saying anything. 
and it goes on and on and on. He couldn't tell you whether Ottawa were going to be in <laughs> League One next year. He couldn't tell you nothing, but he is a bit more. Um, if you look at the way the sport is working, and there will be lots of examples of people's ideas that have failed, by the way, but nevertheless, everybody is trying to grab that space. You look at women's sport and the way it's grabbing the space at the moment, and you have to be part of that mo- movement. There are only so many hours of TV people can put out and will pay for. So standing still is not an option. It absolutely isn't. Uh, so standing still is not an option, but we're just going to wait to see what comes to us first, and then we'll we'll see what we're doing after that. Standing still is not the option, but let's not jump guns, and let's not set hers running that, what we're going to have for promotion and relegation next year. Let, let, let's, let's not get carried away. Can we see the irony here? He's... I'm afraid to say, he ain't up to the job. He's talking absolute hogwash, I'm afraid. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll carry on. And yeah, it c- keeps going on about this strategic partner, which we won't, we won't find out what is until it's done, I assume. <laughs> and then, then we might be saying, <laughs> how do we get out of this? <laughs> Probably. But who's going to replace him? What's, you know, what if he goes... Um, who have we got in next? And it, listening to BBC Radio Manchester Sunday, great show on Rugby League Extra, um, John Dutton was on, and he was asked, does he want to be part of the RFL? Uh, he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't give an answer on that. In fact, he didn't really intimate, and he, he did want to me Listening to it, it sounded like he didn't want to... And I, I won't blame him, to be honest, with the way it is. But, you know, that would be... I think everybody would love to see him be the head. But uh, let's not set hairs running. Let, let's not, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves, you know. We've, we're talking far too far in the future now. Even tomorrow, what are we having for tea? Oh, let's not, let's not set hairs running. Um. By the way, um, the, the the funds going to League One is a disgrace. Seventy eight percent is the figure that that's what Andy Maisy um, mentioned on Twitter. Seventy eight percent cut for for a TV deal that they've had no part of. Now you could say, well, they're lucky to get anything. Well, um. The Super League clubs need those clubs to be successful. For them to be successful, they provide a lot of, you know, community aspects, all sorts of social stuff that is a benefit. They produce players for them. Let's just pick one player, Matty Ashton. Um, what about that that one from Keefley, who's going to St Helens, I think it is. Um, just just two examples though that I've just thought of in the space of what for ten seconds or whatever. So yeah, they provide a key role. Um, so the the guys at the top have ballsed up this the the deal, and yet those who are suffering are the ones down below. We're talking five figure sums that the losing and all that they need and yet Ralph Rimmer couldn't offer any guarantees uh, for Coventry Bears the RFL are getting 5 million for themselves um, and whatever I think if if they can't find a way to sustain those I think you might as well not bother but yeah we spoke a lot about funding on this programme with several chairmen and yet it seems those in Championship and League One are sort of more switched on to what should be going on for the for the um, sport than those actually uh, in Super League. To be quite honest, I won't I won't mind to see those um, in Championship and League One in more influential positions, I suppose. But yeah, that's. Um, that's just my thoughts on 
the absolute turmoil that's going on as as per and shall we actually speak about the games uh now that might be a good idea so uh we start off with saint Helens leeds it's sort of a, in a bit of a you know barring magic weekend which was a sort of a one-off we're in a period where has it gone stale a bit um you know everything's sort of uh already decided now a lot of these teams have just been not at it for good enough periods like every time i see leads on sky i think oh you know not leads again you know they just underperform all the time they've been crap to be the sixth place and i don't really know how but you know same with hull fc uh castleford to be honest but yeah they they were easily beaten 28 6 at half time 40 points to 6 full time you know saints were on it all the time as they would be but yeah unimpressed by leeds to be honest I, I i'll be glad to see this season over i think we've got one more round of fixtures left which i i just hope to be honest, you'd think, shall we just get rid of that and get into the playoffs straight away? Um, obviously, can't do that. But the one interesting one were the whole KR Castleford game, and I couldn't, I didn't get to see it because I was out. Uh, but yeah, good result for whole KR. Now that that's really the only whole KR up to fifth now. God knows how. So now it's between Leeds and Castleford. Um, I hope Leeds fall out of it, to be honest. I don't want to see them in the playoffs, to be honest. Uh, that's no... Um, I don't have anything against Leeds, but it's just like, oh, Leeds again. Uh, Cat- Catalan's lost against Huddersfield. I'm sure Ian Watson will be impressed with that. Uh, some good players, some good young players uh, for Huddersfield. You know, I, I suppose they've been Huddersfield's saving grace this year because... They've been pretty crap, barring those. You know, Oli Ashall Bott, uh, Will Price, obviously, who's, you know, never stopped going on social media, never stopped being on the media, which I think is credit to Huddersfield, actually, because um, not many uh, players actually get out in the media, <laughs> you know, do, have we seen Jack Wellsby say anything? Kai Pierce Paul for Wigan. Have we seen him say anything? No. It's no wonder um, nobody knows these rugby league players. Well, they won't know them if they're not allowed to speak. So credit to Huddersfield that Will Price is out there being interviewed and whatnot. Um Oliver Russell as well, he's been doing good. That might be an indication as to what the next guests might be. Uh, but let's not set hers running. We we you know we we're on this episode right now. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, Warrington beat Salford. Uh, that were a golden point one. I would I'd, I'd like to see that on. Um, on uh, Sky, to be honest, because Salford have been, they've not won uh, that many recently, but they've sort of been on a resurgence. Ken Seahawk, he's, every time he comes on, he's, he scores all the time. I think he must be the leading try scorer now. I don't think he's with Salford next year, surprise, surprise. Everyone who's, whoever the best player for Salford is, never seems to be there next year. <laughs> but yeah, they ran Warrington very close, and they've been one of the better teams this year, you know. So summit's changing for Salford, I think. I'd like I'd like to see how they do next year when more of the Richard Marshall players are in. To be honest, you know, I think they'll be quite better next year. Uh, also, uh, Wigan, Wigan scored ten points, eh? <laughs> Uh, 
that could have ended nil nil that one. Hull FC v Wigan. Um, nil nil at half time it were. I bet that were a cracking game. <laughs> um, yeah, the less said about that, the better, I suppose. Uh, and Lee Wakefield, well, good on Lee, and those players who couldn't give a monkeys. Uh, Wakefield, uh, I don't know. They f- they seem to be going good guns, and then they lose to Lee. But yeah, never mind. I'm I'm sure that's not going to hamper Willie Porchin's efforts anyway. Surely he's got to get the job. Right, we'll move on to Championship then. And last week I said Whitehaven were out of the race. Well, it turns out they're not. Uh, This is the issue with all this points percentage or whatever. Through my maths, which is pretty shoddy. Uh, Don't ask me a maths question because I won't be able to answer it without a calculator. Uh, Well, sometimes I won't even be able to answer it with one of those. Um... But it turns out Whitehaven still can reach the playoffs somehow. However, I don't know. They beat Halifax, um, London lost to Featherstone. What's the next the next fixture? Uh, they were against Bradford Bowles. Did Bradford lose? Yeah, Bradford lost against Widnes. Uh, so winnable for Whitehaven. Were London have got York? So that's a uh, that's a tough game, I suppose. Did York play? Did York, no, York, yeah, York were playing to lose, so obviously they didn't they didn't travel there. Um, Swinton beat Sheffield. Oh yeah, uh, also Sheffield Eagles gave a debut to Ollie Butterworth, um, XGB Bob's pl- XGB Bobsled player, uh, paratrooper, been on the show, so. Have a look for the Bob Slater Rugby League episode. It's a, it's an interesting journey, I suppose. Have a look at that one. It's a good interview, good good uh, episode, that one. They're all good, of course. <laughs> Sheffield were winning at half-time, I think. I think uh, Mark Aston can't wait for the season to end, to be honest. Um, yeah, that were that. I suppose Swinton, you know... They've given it each week. I don't. They've been close on many occasions. They've just not been able to win games. Newcastle beat Oldham. Dewsbury beat Batley, which you know Batley Batley have been the best, the the surprise package, I suppose. Um, that's a good win, you know, considering they don't even have eight to play for. Let's be honest. So yeah. I do hope Whitehaven get this playoff spot anyway, because London have been sleepwalking out of it, let's be honest. Whitehaven have played 21, London have played 19. Whitehaven have won 11, uh, lost 9. However, uh, it comes down to the win percentage. London are on 55.26%. Whitehaven are on 54.76%. So... You talk about small margins there. Um, let's hope they do it. Into League One, Workington lost to Hunslet, thirty-two points to fourteen. Keithley beat Doncaster in a very close game, twenty-eight points to twenty-six. Rochdale scored fifty against Coventry, that were fifty points to twenty-two. Uh, North Wales. Nilled London, 44 points to nil. Barrow nilled West Wales Raiders, 76 nil. Uh, West Wales Raiders were struggling to put a team out on the field, actually. And that that could have uh, swayed the promotion thing, I think. But Workington lost anyway. But yeah, I suppose credit to them for not cancelling the game. Barrow promoted now. Ralph Rimmer was seen again, God... <laughs> He'll be being accused of being in the in the media too too often in a minute, uh, but you just can't call these playoffs because Hunslet have had a resurgence under the new coach. Doncaster have been 
close in games. They've won games close and they've lost games close. Workington have just lost, you know, they've lost four times now. Uh, Keithley, they're going good as well uh, in the final stages. North Wales Crusaders, well, we all know about them. Next week, all focus is on League One. Now then, the playoffs uh, in League One. Now let's get, let's do some more. <laughs> let's talk the game down some more now, uh, as we criticise the RFL yet again. So, um, we all know Barrow are promoted, but what about the playoffs uh, structure? We know that two. Uh, three, four, five, and six are all in a playoff uh, position. So unless you like a, a, a close fan of Hunslet or Doncaster or Keithley or North Wales or Workington, you probably won't know the, the fixtures. And you know why you won't know? Because the RFL have only put out the last time they mentioned the playoff structure. It were in. It were the fourth of March. Uh, basically saying second to six will play in a five-team playoff series culminating in a promotion playoff final. Uh, that'll be on for four weeks. But who's playing who? Is it for, is it third v six? Is it is it third v fourth? Uh, do Workington have a week off? Who gets the home tie? Who gets the away tie? Uh, I don't know because nobody's bothered to put out anything any of the fixtures uh, there's nothing on the RFL website um, I did see some on social media before but I've lost that now there's nothing on the RFL social media website apart from uh, some sort of strange cartoon video god knows what that is um, uh, yeah have a look at that it's pinned to the RFL um, twitter feed at the moment, I don't... It's a bit weird, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I ain't got... A, I don't know. And they may be on our league as well. Right, let me just have a look at this on online. I'll be back with you in a minute. Right, I'm back. Right, so we now know North Wales are playing uh, Keithley Cougars at home. Now let's try to find another one. Doncaster will play at home to Hunslet. So, is that that? There you go, there's the playoffs, I think. Because Workington will have a week off. So, yeah. Now that took me about frigging ten minutes to find. I mean, that just, that says it all. I don't need to, I don't need to comment. Uh, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Um... We'll be back next week to talk the game down even more. See you then.